Everybody, here we are, episode two. Hello, Christian. How Hi, are you? Stephen. We're great. We're great. I'm good. I'm a little you, tired. Yeah, now. I've noticed you just yawned. You've been yawning. I'm yawning. I'm a little tired today, but I think I'll pull through. I think I'll be okay. How many hours of sleep did you get last night? Last night I got a uh, total of about five and a half hours of sleep. Five How and a half. You? Christian, last time you were here, you told everybody that you get eight hours of sleep. You carve out eight hours of sleep a night. You put it in airplane mode. I Is carve that it out. Still true. Yeah, I put my phone on airplane mode and I carve out the time. And do you still? get eight hours of sleep and i try to get those eight hours you didn't get eight hours of sleep sometimes i dip into the six and a half seven hour range okay that's okay though then now you're you're getting closer to me my world welcome to my world speaking of your world what have you been doing to explore this problem what have you been Uh, not enough okay not enough i i did try oh there goes the air conditioning i did try to um fall asleep by turning all my lights off and all of the uh, electronic stuff so there's not didn't hear any sound turn the tv off and i literally just sort of like put myself into like frozen mode and without the try to my brain go to like a meditation state and yeah actually it was pretty good i did two nights in a row worked really well actually six hours of continual sleep which is so rare for me so did you have any idea any advice what i could do to like help uh, solve this a little more? I've been really interested in dreams recently. Oh. Yeah, I started this thing where I tape uh, a stone or a, or a bottle cap or a rock or some type of thing on my forehead. Yeah. And I tape it with scotch tape and I just tape it right on the center of my forehead where, you're, where I imagine your third eye is. And it's this interesting concept that when you, when you wake up in the morning, you immediately remember your dream. And this has helped you. It's helped me, and it works. It doesn't necessarily. 100% work. And it's this weird thing about tapping into your your subconscious, because that's what your dreams are. And then when you wake up, it's a reminder, because your hand sort of goes there to touch your forehead. And it reminds you to remember your dream. And then, essentially, you remember the memory of your dream. And it's amazing. You should try it. Stephen, you might discover some things about your subconscious that might help you with Okay, I am going to try it. Now, you, I don't have a rock. You have to use a rock. But no, use a bottle cap or You something. said a rock, I, a bo- I think. You can use a stone. I think a traditionally, I guess it's done with a stone so or a, a bottle, rock. So a bottle like this, bottle cap from the a water. A bottle cap from a, a water bottle And then what kind of cap? tape? Just regular scotch, scotch tape you think will work? Masking tape, whatever. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, I will try that. Yeah. Do you Excellent. remember your dreams? I, I, I have. do not remember my dreams. I don't think I do remember my dreams. No. What um, about a dream journal or anything? Uh, I once wrote a dream down but I can't remember where I put it or it was a long time ago. I don't think it exists anymore. So I, di- I think this idea of taping uh, you need to, to try my it. head might help. All yeah. right, I'll give it a try. Anyway, thank you, Christian. Yes. Um, so our guest is my good friend, Mr. John Tracy Egan. John Egan and I go way, 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 way back. We started, I believe, in children's theater. Is that correct? That is correct. John is an amazing, accomplished Broadway performer. Has been in how many Broadway shows, John? Seven. Seven Broadway shows. Yes. And, um, and, um, and he just recently came back from San Francisco. And what were you doing in San Francisco? I was playing Albin slash Zaza in La Cage aux Folles at the San Francisco Playhouse. Uh, and I heard you, you got an award, right? I got nominated for an award. Nominated for an award. Yes, I, that is. I don't know if I've won yet. 
excellent. I wish I would have could have seen it, John. Well, you probably would have only seen a half of it anyway, Stephen, because you tend to fall asleep and everything. And do you? Uh, okay. I would have seen you too because I could see the entire audience while I was performing. And as a matter of fact, I would. You probably would have been, become somebody I would have picked on because I would pick on the people who would fall asleep and say, "You're actually falling asleep in all of this noise with all." Were there people falling asleep? Oh, sure, people falling asleep, and you know th there was a little bit of audience participation in the show, and of course, whenever. That husband that was dragged to the show wouldn't participate. He would become my target pretty much for the rest of the night, <laughs> and the audience loved it. Um, so tell me more about your experiences with me in terms of uh, sleeping. Yeah, so I, I guess I, I never realized the first time, you know, that it had become a problem, but I know that, you know, you'd, we'd drive in the car and fall asleep in the car, or you'd fall asleep at a friend's house, and... Uh, you know, and then it sort of became a little bit of a joke, like, you know, you're driving in the car and Steven's sitting with you to keep you company, to keep you awake. And of course, Steven's the first person to sleep in the car. Um, but, you know, there was a couple of times that, you know, uh, we had made plans and I had called you and called a few times and you didn't show up. And I thought, well, gosh, he's fallen asleep. And then, you know, you'd maybe call an hour and a half later saying, you know, I, I'd fallen asleep. There was another time we did a show very, very late. We did a midnight show down at the Metropolitan Room, and um, you were having a very hard time staying awake. You were falling asleep in the booth. Um, you were falling asleep at the piano, not while you were playing, when you weren't playing. Um, and I thought, oh gosh, you know, this is a tough thing for him to be here at this hour, you know, at midnight. You know, we, it's a tough thing for you to stay awake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I believe one of the things that I've done to try to uh, yeah, to get make people more aware of my sleep issues is my Christmas cards. Oh yes, and let's talk a little bit about that. Can oh you yeah, lighten everybody about that. Yeah, so we have a lot of fun uh, creating Christmas card. I kind of help you with your Christmas card, and the you the, the theme. The, well, the theme of sleeping always comes into it about, um, you know, adding some something about Stephen not being able to stay awake. But you know, I, just on that, I also never realized that midnight was an issue. I thought because you had a problem sleeping that you couldn't sleep during the night, but I didn't realize you actually need to go to sleep earlier so that you can wake up earlier. So you go to bed at maybe like nine or 10 and then are up at like two or three, correct? Um, it's oh, totally sometimes. All over the place. So it's all over the place. Yeah, so there's no way of... So the midnight hour is not necessarily... A thing. Last you know? night I was totally up at eleven thirty. Right. Totally up to eleven thirty. And we would talk on the phone very late. Remember, like you know, our, through our friendship, you know, we talk at eleven thirty. You'd call me at one in the morning, and I'd be like, okay, this is you can't call me at one in the morning this week because I'm working or something. That's but, prime yeah. out working hours for you, Stephen. It's one o'clock in the morning, two, two o'clock. Yes, it is sometimes prime working hours for me. That is correct. How many songs have you written at two o'clock in the morning? Um, I've actually written like two or three songs at two. Not not. And ideas of songs. And how many death me. threats have you gotten because <laughs> you've been writing those songs at two in the morning? I actually have had people knock. Yes, I've had people come up at my apartment, especially in my old apartment on the east side. So yeah, that has been a that has been a problem. Um, you 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 always joke with me about like you just said half of the half of the show you would be awake for. Right. You always warn me of things not to see. Sure. Oh, oh, I totally do. So, so Stephen, I'll go see something. And he'll say, how was it? I'll be like, Stephen, you'll never make it. You know, don't sit through this one. You'll never make it. Um, if something has a little more, you know, uh, excitement in a, a musical form or comedy form, I know you'll make it for probably about half of it. Um, and you're very proud to say, no, no, I was awake for most of it. I was awake for most of it. You know, I always find that kind of charming that you're very proud of the amount you were actually awake during a show. 
Um, yeah. But you know, you're in some ways you're not the only one. You can't. You, you shouldn't be completely chastised for falling asleep in a show. I mean, you look out in the audience. People are asleep. They just. It's a time when people are in a dark theater. They just pass out. You watch people sleep all the time. Um, used to make a joke about when we did Jekyll and Hyde. The front row was twenty dollars seats, and they were always Japanese tourists, and they were always out of sleep. And we pictured the guy like out on the street corner selling these poor Japanese tourists twenty dollars tickets for front row to Jekyll and Hyde, and you know they just got off a plane and they're all asleep. <laughs> well, I, I would definitely would have. <laughs> Don't go to Japan, Stephen. I won't go to Japan. Um, um, so tell me more about what your background is as a performer. What other stuff you've done? So um, I was in a, a couple of Broadway shows. Uh, the original cast of Sister Act, uh, Jekyll and Hyde, of uh, The Little Mermaid, uh, with Chef Louis and Little Mermaid. And then I did The Producers, Bye Bye Birdie, Casa Valentina, nice work if you can get it. Um, original cast of uh, When Pigs Fly, um, and uh, Bat Boy, Disaster, Off-Broadway, a couple things like that. Uh, you grew up in Westchester as well. I moved to Westchester, and you grew up in Westchester. Can you tell us a little bit about your background growing up in Westchester? That's right. Yeah, you also I, come from a big family. Big if I'm family. Not I'm the youngest of seven, and I grew up in Larchmont, which is sort of a town over from Scarsdale. Sort of. I mean, yeah, kind of. 20. But you weren't very far from where I grew up, and and uh, we both knew each other when we were in our family's homes, right? Yeah. It's even had this great uh, basement studio sort of set up music studio, which was really kind of fun to go and sing and you know I and you play space. everything you can play anything and you know you're amazing it was a lot of fun we had a lot of fun we had a lot of sp- and you were wide awake it. then I was wide awake then I think it might have been the Entenmann's chocolate chip cookies and the uh, <laughs> wait how old cake. were you how old were you at this time so I was um, so Stephen I didn't meet you till like 20 well well, you, you were 20s, like 19 right? you were still in college well, that's just community college I think you were right? still there and you played came, came and played uh, rehearsal for no, but before that, you played the Grease audition. I mean, Grease. Oh, my God, right. With the Larch Marinick Summer Theater, That's which right, I summer. did. And then we became, oh, my gosh, we've done so many things together. Steve's yeah. been musical director, and I've been director. Steve and I have written things together. Steven has been. Has um, played the, for you. Has, has, has uh, yeah, yeah, been the accompanist for a couple, he, many concerts. The concert you talked about at Metropolitan Room, his CD we've launched. We've done so many different his things Rudolph together. Unplugged. The only thing done. we haven't done is I've played the piano in Steven's Steve song. Like, Oh, you don't want to hear that. <laughs> oh, we love it, Stephen. You oh, actually, no, no, but also, no, no, also, John, what I loved is in college, John was, um, had me help him with some melodies, and so I, I, I helped him write some melodies that he wrote. That's Remember right. That? Oh, my gosh. We well, did we a production hear. of, um, uh, at a high school, of uh, an updated version of Pirates of Penzance called Pirates Unbound, which was his idea. Actually, what was very funny is the story of this is that this school, Rynet, what was school? Blindbrook. Blindbrook High School. Right. Uh, was going to do, I think it was, uh, on a uh, was it once upon a mattress and uh, with our good friend Irene and um, they and lost it, the rights because another school was doing exactly, it or something exactly and I remember going <laughs> I remember going in Chelsea going to see a show at the Hudson Guild and making a phone call and I think it was I don't know if that, I've got the fact exactly right but it's like well Stephen we're not doing once upon a mattress we've decided to do <laughs> a new version of Pirates um, of Penzance um, because we have the three leads and we did they did they had the Pirate King they had Frederick and they had Mabel and they had they had everybody the main, the main leads and guess what you're going to do all the updated arrangements <laughs> and it's going to be fantastic Sullivan with pop music so we were the original glee oh we were we yes, were we were and I wrote later. a I wrote a Christmas show this was the one that show. this is one I, I finally remember and then I wrote right. it for John but he was on un, one was unavailable right to play Santa Claus and um so the, for the first year but then he he did it I think subsequently every year oh, after yeah, that. Absolutely. And it was a, it was it was a very warm we had like a little repertory company at that time children of friends of mine 
uh, who, uh, again, people I wrote with and people who performed, and we be- we've become good friends. And there is a song in that show that is that I wrote for John uh, that uh, is on his CD on Christmas morning. But what's the song and called? It's called Santa's Christmas Gift. Santa's and it would be fantastic. We're putting John on the spot. Uh-oh. If he could sing a little Ooh. bit of it for us. Right I'll do now, my best. okay. We just so happen to have the sheet music. We have right it, and Christian is actually gonna be able to turn pages. Well, I'm the best page. Uh, so you it's in the met. it's in the original key. So here we go. I'm not even warmed up. John's not even warmed up. <laughs> John's not warmed up. John can do it no matter what. He's oh, phenomenal. God, I hope so. This is uh, called Santa's Christmas Gift, and um, the setup to this song is that this boy does not want to give away his prize bike, and Santa Claus says to him, "Now, Matthew, you've got to." Look deep within your heart, and he sings this ballad. Christmas trees and mistletoe, a wreath on the door, a candle's glow. But if you look carefully, there's more to Christmas than you see. Though the gifts you see are nice, there's one special gift that has no price. You won't find it wrapped beneath your tree. Come find that gift with me. Let's find the secret of Christmas Eve. Take my hand and we'll start. You'll find it quickly and if you believe, just open up your heart. Feel the magic, let it start to grow. Feel the joy, that special Christmas glow. Look inside, what do you see? What can that magic be? Let's find the secret of Christmas Eve. Take my hand and we'll start. You'll find it quickly if you believe. Just open up your heart. Though a gift can give you pleasure, friendship is a special treasure. If you give, you'll get so much. If you'll just let Christmas touch your heart. Very nice. Thank you very much. Yes. That was written for John Tracy Egan, and then John, it's on his and it's on his CD on Christmas morning. That's an amazing right. arrangement. Well, wait. Let's talk about how about uh, the other day you got a very nice compliment from somebody who wrote me on Facebook. Yeah, and he just commented again. Uh, yes, about a song that Stephen wrote with Ruth Williamson called uh, "Count." Let's not count the stars, right? The uh, path you choose. The path you choose. Which is which is. But also count the stars is the lyric in it. Which is the title of your CD. Right. Which is the title of the CD that you and I did together, and. Um, Somebody wrote on my Facebook page what a beautiful song it is and how it inspires him every day. He listens to it and actually helps him get through yeah. the day. And I, I tagged Stephen and Ruth and said, look at this. You know, yeah. it's not me. It's was, you guys. That was very sweet. Yes. Well, actually, let's talk a little bit about that. So uh, where we're at, what we're doing now. Um, I'm doing that. I'm also doing some, some uh, cabaret work. I'm working on two new cabarets, one down at the duplex and one 
right, ac- right around the corner at the Lori Beachman, which I'm excited about. Uh, the one around the corner is called You're Going to Hear From Me. When, when is it? And that's going to be on October 23rd and November 17th. October 23rd at the Lori Beachman Theater. Yes. And what are you up to, Christian? I know well, you're, you're doing... I've got so much going know, on between busy. teaching and, and writing and this and, and that. And drawing, too. And drawing, right. Illustrating. But one I, of the uh, most exciting things. Well, I... I for the people who don't know, I work as an usher at the Walter Kerr Theater, where Bruce Springsteen is doing his one-person show. Wow! And uh, it is a uh, it is definitely uh, a something uh, to be remembered for many many people. And I get to see it every night. That's right. And you get to see him play the guitar. He plays the guitar. Just him, piano. Bruce Springsteen. On a guitar by himself, nothing else. <laughs> and unplugged. only $850 a ticket. Folks. $850 if you're lucky. If you're lucky. If you're lucky, these tickets are being resold for thousands of dollars. Could you imagine that nap Stephen would take? That would be a $2,000 nap. Steven. That would be a $2,000 <laughs> nap. That would only be for Steven. the second half of the well, show. Well, yes, that is true. I have been known to sleep at rock concerts. So, um, yeah, and, this is and that's been on my Christmas card. Right actually, on rocks. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's... I've been known to... S- <laughs> on rocks. Yeah, you, that is absolutely true. I cannot deny it. I do not deny when I fall asleep now. Somebody's, if somebody says you fell asleep, it's true. Because we are here to solve this problem or work on solving the problem. Explore this problem. Explore the problem. Right. Do you know what I like? Right. I listened to your first podcast, and I have to say, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I thought, you know what? what's great? This is actually... You're the anti-sleeping pill. You're, you're <laughs> have so much energy. And the podcast was so... Uh, on point that I thought you know what this is actually something good to listen to when you're driving in the car so yes. that you won't fall asleep it's the cure to narcolepsy it's the cure to narcolepsy well That's there it. you go I can bottle this and whatever <laughs> yeah if you could if only you could if only um, I could thank you John what are you up to next um, so I'll be uh, in a production of James Joyce's The Dead with Irish Repertory Theatre um, I didn't from, know that fantastic that's right from uh, the middle of November to uh, January 7th um, and I'm very excited about that. That's fab. Is it? A, it's a new version of it. It's a new version of the the story. It's a play. It's not a musical. It's a play. Right. Um, but it is a new adaptation of the of the piece. Excellent. Excellent. I, I, you did some other stuff with Irish Rep, I believe. A benefit or something. I did a benefit many many years ago. I did a, a, a concert uh, of Oliver. Fabulous. So, what advice um, would you give Stephen? Um, uh, drugs. Drugs. <laughs> that's, what Stephen I that's what a lot of people, good I friends take, say to I, me. I don't take drugs for sleep, but I, I think I'm lucky enough to just be able to sleep. But, you know, I, what I worry about Stephen is not the sleep, it's the rest. Mm. I don't think his brain rests. Because when you, if you watch Stephen wake up, he will jump up like someone threw a cold bucket of water on him. From, right. from a dead sleep. <laughs> you know that I get up like that fast? No, but I, I've seen how fast you go to sleep, so I can only imagine how fast you get up. That's true. Speaking of Jekyll and Hyde. There's no twilight moment, right? Isn't that the thing they call it? Like when you wake yeah, up, the, you it's have that, that seven minutes. You need that, oh, the wake up. Well, that's what the rock does. It, it's right. While you're in that twilight stage, the rock on your forehead reminds you of your dream, and then it taps into your subconscious. And probably, it, I'll probably jump up. The vo- the thing will fall out of my no. head. <laughs> if I land on my foot, I'll probably have to get, like, you know, whatever. I don't know. Um, I, I guess I'm from here, you know, not that far away. So I'd get on a train and go to auditions, and um, I guess I was just i just kept doing it i just kept going to auditions and kept doing shows and eventually i i got a break which was really lucky i think but you were um, but you yeah but you you kept you 
kept climbing up the ladder. You know, you mean you I would do th- well, one sure. thing, which went to another thing, which went to the other thing. It was a it was a steady climb. And, and I ha- and I have to say, like I always think, a big part of it is is really connections. It really is connections. I mean, you know, if once directors start to know you and like you, you see they use a lot of the same people, not yes. necessarily me but i'm but you know people introduce you and people recommend you and and people you know you know need people to do stuff all the time for for their projects so i think it really is about you know connections i i can be easy to work with and i've had my moments where i'm not easy to work with so it's, it's also word of mouth you've got to you know you, in terms of uh, your, your uh, this business is so small and the reputation you've got a great reputation yeah and, and you also have very fast you're very fast so you remember things really mm. really well memory and all that kind of stuff um and you've got a great ear great voice thank you you're a superly talented man the two my two favorite parts about being in theater are uh being collaborative as an actor Mm. and being collaborative as um, a director or a writer or something. It doesn't interest me to stand on the stage alone and sing a song alone. I have no interest in it. I love the back and forth with another actor. I love the back and forth with a, with a musician. Um, I love the back and forth with a great mind of something funny. And of course, the most important thing is I love to laugh with somebody. Mm. And most of the people in our industry that we work with on Broadway are hilarious. And the most fun happens backstage. I mean, if you could make that a show, people would, I mean, sometimes, you know, our friend Kathy Fitzgerald or Christine Petty or, you know, Blizz Carr or Irene Howard, and in a conversation with them, people are rolling because yeah. we just go back and forth at each other and we just it, crack up. Your life is very funny. And yeah. it's, it's to be freedom, I, I totally agree. Collaboration is so important. And uh, being able to be honest and be able to talk through things and, and uh, same thing with Christian and I, collaboration, bouncing ideas back, it's a fantastic thing. It keeps the brain going. I agree. Brain. It keeps your brain going a little too much sometimes. <laughs> but no, collaboration yes. is really important and putting the work and the, and the, the product first before yourself I think is also a large it's part like of it's an adrenaline boost and regardless of how many hours of sleep you get at night yeah. it still is but it still is is still in, invigorating and enlightening and enjoyable we all often get advice to like stick to your guns you know stick to your vision and you, that's great if you know somehow it ends up being a proven genius but I think everybody has to listen sometimes and I've certainly been in situations where I've been with great uh uh, creators who are awarded and it is very obvious to the room that they are wrong to the room a room full of people they are wrong and they should listen but nope they have the awards they have the money and they want what they want so we're kind of stuck in that world of um, you know I've got I've got the the pedigree and the money. I can't be wrong to the you know, and also the people are thinking, well, this could be better if we did this way. So when it's so glaringly obvious, sometimes what the better choice is, so the ego gets in the way. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it is, and I mean that can happen with all of us, you know. I mean, I've certainly worked with actors who say, well, I'm not going to do it the way he does it. You know, I'm thinking, well, that's a little bit of a mistake. You you're even if you do it exactly the way that he does it, it's going to come across as you anyway because you're you. So mm. you know, if you want to keep the job you know i would sort of stick to that but i don't know that's and then there are people who are just wild cards who are you know are people want them because they are wild cards the the last piece i collaborated with somebody um i i worked on i got a whole bunch of our friends in the room and i asked them to read the 
the play together, and then I took their notes. I took every one of their notes because their notes were all good, and they they know what they like, and um, hopefully I've I made it a better piece because of it. But this is another opportunity that I was sitting in a reading, and there was an award-winning actor <laughs> playing one of the parts, and as soon as we turned the page to the end, he said. Well, it needs this, 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 this. Okay, I got to go and walked out the door. And, you know, he was 100% right. I think the room felt it. But the fact that he was, he just went, well, if you want this to run, this is what you need to do. <laughs> and I don't know if the, the writer was inviting it, right. but it certainly was great advice. Yeah. <laughs> you were asking me if I've, what is the last time yeah, I... The well, last thing, uh, you stayed awake through, you think. I do, I know. I mentioned it last episode. It was my friend's a production of, uh, of Next to Normal. That was the last thing I was awake for the entire thing, and people came up to me and said, you were awake for the entire thing. That was embarrassing, but it was Which true. means 75%. 75%. No, but they said. They were you standing in the back they of that said. one? I can't remember. Was that the one where you stood? No, in that was that Waitress. Was waitress. Right. waitress you stood anyway, in Anyway, we were rehashing old, okay. old, old, old nuggets. Right. Anyway, I well, wanted to mention, before we go, I want to mention the fact that we talked about um, uh, attempting to solve the problem. We talked about bringing a sleep specialist, but I do have a possible lead from a friend of mine who came to visit while he was at the Comic-Con. And uh, it's a, a woman who in, in Connecticut who is a sleep specialist. And so I'm going to attempt to contact her and hopefully she will be a future guest on this. Well, Why are you laughing? It always sounds like you say Comic-Con instead of Comic-Con. <laughs> oh, right, I say like It's like all the communists get together. It's well, a Comic-Con. Yeah, that's true. Comic-Con. All right. Instead of Comic-Con. Com- well, because it's C-O-M-I-C-O-N. I always think no, it was it, like, it's yeah. Comic-Con. It, it's Comic-Con. Comic-Con. It's not Comic-Con. It's Comic-Con. For all you Russians out but there. But there's only one the C. The Comic-Con it's, in no, New it's York. C- <laughs> it's, no, it's one C. It's two Cs. C-O-M-I-C-O-N. So then you you'd have to have comic Con. This keeps you up at night, doesn't it, no, Steven? This is keeping me up right now. Right. All right. Anyway, well, we've so got to wrap up. Comic we want to hear your thoughts. We want your Steven sleep stories. We want to hear your questions. If you have any questions for Steven or anyone, please, we want to hear them on Facebook. You can follow us at Stay Awake with Silverstein at Facebook. Today. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, John Tracy Egan, for being here. Thanks for having me, you guys. Stay awake with Silverstein. Sit back, don't nap, and listen to neurotics. Yeah, you'll never find him catching Z's. He's always at the piano keys. Stay.